Oh, at the beginning of this one though, I need to I need to eat some crow when we actually get into the. Oh, he has thing. an edit from another episode. Yeah. I totally forgot that that's a like a like a saying, and I was like, excuse no, me. No, I'm just going to. You're gonna watch me eat a bird <laughs> no, no, alive. No. I need to eat some crow. <laughs> it's a medical thing. <laughs> it's the highest iron level of any poultry. <laughs> Are they? Okay. What counts as poultry? Is all birds poultry? I, I guess. You don't, I, don't feel like I think that's you just true. call the rest of it foul. Yeah, right? I feel like if you eat like a dove, you're not eating poultry. If you're eating well, a dove, you're a monster. <laughs> isn't I mean, it's it the like same as eating a pigeon? That's awesome. You're a monster. Don't we eat did pigeon pies back in the day. We did back in the day before they started living on the streets. What is that uh, Mercer rhyme about doves in a pie? Isn't that a thing? Four and twenty blackbirds. Sure. <laughs> same. Dish. Which are crows, which you shouldn't eat. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it like the French? It's like the Norman invasion. Wait, it's got like a like a like a ring around the posy. No, no, no. It's no. Crows, so like, which you shouldn't, shouldn't eat. No poultry. I think we use poultry to refer to uh, chicken specifically because if it's I'm poulet. doing my yes, I think if I'm doing my like uh, my etymology correctly, when the Normans <laughs> invaded England to separate themselves from the native Britons, they used. French words for, uh, it may be much later than this, but ultimately at some point in British history, the aristocracy was like, we don't like being the same as poor oh, people, yeah. so we're we going to use pigeons, French words for poultry. everything. Yes. Sort of well, exactly. we don't eat chicken, we eat poultry. And that's we don't why eat we say pork. cows, we eat beef. Yes. We don't eat beef yeah. or cow. Um, and like and that's pork. why we have different words for animals and their meat. But I why just we assumed have... it was because meat is kind of gross when you truly think about it. Meat is super gross when you truly think about it. But also, people are jerks. <laughs> also, rich people are jerks. Rich people are jerks. I know the norm. The uh, Normans are a real thing, but I just like the idea of an invasion of all guys named Norman. <laughs> Norman, Norman. <laughs> they walk into the country and everybody goes Norm. <laughs> <laughs> they try to give orders to the army, like Norman, go over there. But, uh, Which one of us, sir? We're all Norman. Norman, one, two, three. I'm listening to this podcast about um, ancient Rome right now. Ooh. And it's weird because, like, it's almost, like, the level to which they're talking about it, it makes you think that it's, like, a fantasy novel. Like, set sure. on, like, a completely other planet. It's because the way that we treat fantasy novels today is as though they were ancient history that we should all log and yeah. create like Bibles for. Well, cause all that stuff clearly happened, right? Obviously. Yeah. That's why people are like, <laughs> when people uh, are like, Hey, why aren't there more people of color in game of Thrones? And they're like, there weren't people of color in the past. And you're like, like, hold up. There's like seven things wrong with what you just said. Yeah, first of all, <laughs> yep. yes. Second, Second of all, stop it. <laughs> stop it. Third of all, this is a make-believe world. No they one, can be whatever they want. No one lives here. They're dragons. Yeah, I was. I'm reading. Uh, I just finished the first book in the way of care, the Oathbreaker, Oathbringer. Um, Which one Brandon is Brandon Sanderson's that one? one? Okay. His magnum yeah. opus, The okay. Way of Kings. Um, What's the one that Pat's reading right now? That's Name of the Wind. Name of the Wind. Yeah, I get those two confused. That's Rothfuss. Okay. Patrick Rothfuss, and this is Brandon Sanderson. Two names. Both yeah. very good fantasy writers. Um, I haven't read either of them yet. But yeah, he <clears> he like. He does a pretty good job with it. He's actually, he, like, splits his people into, like, literally different races. Mm -hmm. But, like, he does a pretty good job of, like, this one has violet blood, and this one's purple, and this one's whatever. It's like, violet they don't... blood. But you, but you get the idea, like, they don't have to be, like, there's white people, and then... Right. And the then end, brown people. Because back in sword days, there was only white people. It's right. like, what? That doesn't make any sense. There's a whole, um... 
I mean, RIP Tumblr, but uh, there's a whole Tumblr that I follow called uh, Medieval POC, and it's like uh, this this woman historian who was just like super tired of everybody being like there weren't black people in like medieval times, and she's like, excuse me, and she'll just like post like tapestries with like uh moorish people in mm. them and like all sorts of Actually, like people of color really interesting article apparently like after the fall of the pharaohs like a hundred years later someone from sub-saharan africa came in liked egyptian culture and like restarted it with themselves as pharaoh so there's like a black a line of three or four like black pharaohs for yeah. a while whoa which is super cool to me they're like, I'm king now. <laughs> I yeah. mean, they just conquered it, but they basically That's were fair. like, I mean, they were king of their homeland, came in and were like, now I'm also king of Egypt, but but I'm gonna king, be... Pharaoh's a cooler title, so Pharaoh's I'm gonna, and title. I like, they worshipped like Egyptian gods anyway, so they were like, now I'm Pharaoh. Now I'm Pharaoh. And we're bringing, it, it. We're bringing it back. <laughs> one more time around the thing. <laughs> I like this. What was that one you were telling me about um, that... King Arthur was maybe just like a guy who was left over oh, after yeah. the Crusades or like, something. They think that it wasn't the Crusades. The Crusades it was much Robin earlier Hood. than that. It was like if there was an actual Arthurian figure at all, it was likely just like a Roman like soldier who stopped getting paid and was like, "Well, I guess I'm king of here now." <laughs> like you give me I'm all the your taxes. Only one with a uh, steel weapon, so. Yeah, come like, at me, bro. Yeah, everybody like, bow to me. Rome just like got to the point where like it was unsustainable to like manage this colony like on an island like out to sea. So they were just like, okay, well, we're just gonna stop sending them mail, and <laughs> that included paychecks. <laughs> we'll just and, stop sending them mail. <laughs> and like, this is a weird thing about like the more you learn about Rome, the more it's really just like you're watching a bureaucracy fall apart. Like, yeah, um, all the paperwork is like not getting stamped. Yeah. So I went to my office, worked, came home, listened to a podcast about what I saw at my office, and then uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just like likely when the Romans just like cut off ties, like they didn't pull back all of the army, and when the paycheck well, yeah. stopped coming, the guy was just like, "Well, well you pay me now." To, poor people. <laughs> yeah. But I'll be Some cool about simmering it. Simmering tot throws a sword, a scimitar <laughs> at me. That doesn't make me king. Uh, I think that all of this has been very interesting, but you know what I haven't done? Make Three fine folks discuss fictional finance, make believe money. Welcome to Make Believe Money. I'm Liz. I'm Damon. I'm Dan. And this was like a five minute intro. And right. I We're totally not cutting out any cut. of that. Yeah. <laughs> that so was a lot of fun. It was really fun. Uh, Dan, what are we talking about for real though? Uh, rat race. We're talking about the movie Rat Race. If you have been listening to the first five minutes of this podcast, you probably you, know that you might be thinking that we were going to talk about Roman emperors. <laughs> I almost feel next episode. I was going to say I almost feel like both of the other things we're going to talk about would be closer to that opening than this film. Exactly, yeah. like blessings, but they do go to Rome in it, don't they? No, I don't no. remember. No, you guys, is it in the from, U.S.? They go from Vegas to Silver so City, in Mexico. US? It's, it's five hundred miles. It's because Mr. Bean's in it that I assume. That it is a British movie. <laughs> okay, and how would that get you to Rome? Just to further Well, because it's a British movie and they're in Europe and they're like racing across Europe. You know what I mean? No. Like it's a British movie, but it's set in Europe. 
is more likely. Anyway, so you what's guys, your rating, Liz? <laughs> I saw this once in college. <laughs> anyway, so we're talking about rat race today. Yeah. Uh, we'll do ratings first. Oh, let's do plot first. Plot first. Dan, sure. Damon, Damon, Dan, you want to take it over? <clears throat> I could probably do it. The like many things, I don't really recall the setup of it, but I know that it's a collection of individuals who are in a casino in Las Vegas, and they uh, are all gathered together by some means by, I believe, John Cleese. Didn't yes. someone who, die? No. no. It's John Cleese. Okay. Uh, they all win, like, a gold coin in a slot machine. That's it's like, like a Wonka thing. reception for special prize. Oh. And he's put this all together because, spoiler alert, Dame will go through, it's like it's a race, and he's having people bet on them. So it's oh. like the yeah. idea is like just random strangers are racing. Who do you think's gonna win? Oh, okay. Wealthy people who bet on eccentric things. And this is a remake of the movie. It's in Mad, 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 Mad World. world. <laughs> I think How there's four of them. Okay. I'm pretty sure there's four. Because <laughs> I always want there to be three, and there's one more than I want. Mad, mm-hmm. Mad, Mad. Mad World? Mad World? I'll look it up. Okay. David, you can keep going. Yeah, so John Cleese has organized this race um, so that a bunch of like very like stereotypes, like, the people betting on them are not characters. They're like, there's like an Arab sheik, and there's like other just like placeholder wealthy Rich person. People. Yeah, you get the idea. There's like, like a Texas tycoon and some yeah. German guys who are wealthy somehow. They're never, never introduced, never talked about. No Do you names. See them. You there just is see, like, you see them. Guy. There's like four or five cutscenes where they are betting on like crazy things. Yeah. Um, okay. So like, there's one where they're just like, who like. Uh, the his lawyer John Cleese's lawyer takes a bite out of like a mixed box of chocolates and it's coconut and somebody <laughs> wins and there's one where they have like the play they're taking a private jet somewhere and they like have it going up and down turbulence and one of them pukes and then it's they're betting on which, which one of them would puke. puke yeah and there's actually one which comes into the plot of the movie where they hire a prostitute and ask her to do like crazy shit <laughs> and then they all bet on what the cost of that would have been oh my gosh that <laughs> makes me think of uh, there's this whitest whitest kids you know sketch where they're like, go see her name's weird, I think the stripper, and they're like, hey, what if I gave you this amount of money? And she's like, well, if you gave me that amount of money, we would go into the back. I'd slip into something a little more comfortable, and I'd staple my hands together. <laughs> she, they go, what? And she goes, with a staple gun. <laughs> oh, my God. That sounds like somebody wrote an algorithm that went horribly wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just, like, picked human words and put them together. Oh, my gosh. It's so funny. She's got all these, like, weird things. She's like, what would you give me if we gave you $75? She goes, I'd write you a speech. Topic of your choosing. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, uh, $3.75. She's like, the blowjob. And they're like, oh, that's where that that one was <laughs> going through the we, list. We found it. I see. Anywho, anywho. Uh, so you have this like cast of characters who are numerous. I think there's something like maybe twelve. Well, there's six of them who win coins, but two they each or have three like a buddy. Them have like a buddy, and then or many of them gain a buddy as they go along. So they wind. Yeah, it winds up. There's probably fifteen people involved at any given point. Yeah, I, the only ones I really remember are Rowan Atkinson, Whoopi Goldberg, and the guy who was from like all those teen comedies back then. There's uh, also... Um, there's John Lovitz and Kathy and Jimmy are husband and wife, right? Yes, yes. John Lovitz is in kids it. kids who need to poop. Yes. I remember that. <laughs> Correct. Oh, what is the one character I'm thinking of? The guy who plays the ref. Cuba Gooding Jr. He's oh, in yes, oh, he is I in that. that. Yeah. Um, this yeah. is like shortly before Snow Dogs when his mm-hmm. career was just like done. Yeah, it was on the backslide already. Yeah. Poor yeah. dude. 
I think this yeah. is like a year. This uh, Seth Green's in it too. It's him and his brother. His brother is actually also a that guy actor. I'm trying to remember what his brother's his name, name is. Beth Green. I hate when IMDb does it in like appearance. Yeah, that's yeah. dumb. That's a dumb <laughs> way to do anything. Put so, them where I want them to be. Vincent Villeuf. I don't really know him, but like I've seen him oh, in stuff. Yeah. he's got a face. Oh, I've he's seen that before. guy. He was another like uh like Ots, that guy. young teen movie. Like R-rated comedy guy. He usually played then. the like high doofus. Yeah. yeah, I mean his last credit is in 2010. So, oh. I mean not in a bad way. I just I don't know. I mean for all I know he's now doing writing or directing. But this is like his actor stuff. There's a lot of early aughts, late 90s. He is stuff. one that fell off. Like, but I know that like Amy Smart and the guy from. Uh, yes, Amy Smart's in it. And the guy from, what was that movie? Was it called Road Trip? Not road trip. Road Are you talking about the guy that she like pairs up with? Yeah. Euro trip. Breckin Meyer. You know who he is? Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. John in the Garfield movies. <laughs> he is also. I can that see that. Man, He's got though. a John face. He does have a John face. Which is kind of sad because in this movie he's supposed to be like the normal kind of semi handsome one, like getting by a little bit on charm. They were trying to make him the like, uh, yeah, that like teen heartthrob, but not a heartthrob one. Mm-hmm. Where like you know you're in the when to date with Tad Hamilton. The movie. like effortless dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, all the girls want like, that hot guy, but really you the should one be going in the boy brand who's like the younger brother who's like, but he's the sweet one that I could see myself like. Yeah. Bat. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. Anywho, uh, but they all have like their quirks, and they all partner up with uh, like somebody. Like there's the the coin winners and everyone that they partner up with and they go to take off off uh, across the desert to uh, I believe it is a, like a locker in a train it's station. A Correct. Okay. It's a locker in, in a train station. In Silver City, which I believe is in Nevada, actually. Oh, uh, it's New Mexico. It is in New Mexico? Yeah. Okay. Um, Utah. There's like a silver city in like every say, western I, state. I would guess there's like, a silver city in every southwest state, but they specifically like say silver city. city, New Mexico. Yeah. Um, which like I realized like a locker in a train station is something that like I don't think anybody younger than us would really understand what that means. <laughs> like, I mean, I barely understood the point of it when I was watching it in college because I didn't do a lot of train travel and it seemed to me like why would you leave things in a locker in this train station, are you ever going to come back here? It was one of those things, because it came up a lot in movies, like, when yes. I was a kid. Well, and I think it was... Men in Black, too. Well, mm-hmm. and I think it's one of those things is, like, it. I think it comes up in Men in Black also. Or because is it Men in Black 1? It's Men in Black 1. Oh, okay. But, like, I think it comes up a lot in Men in Black because, explicitly, it's one of those things is, like, this no longer has a purpose in, like, no like one will be over normal there. society, so, like, aliens can use it now. What yeah. do people used to use it for? Like, you commuting? use it for, like... No, like, any number of purposes. Like, I think it was, like, if you commuted on a train, like, you would could leave stuff there. It was also kind of, like, it's weird, but it's kind of like a drop point. Like, you could. Drugs. Well, like, for all kinds of, like, business things and whatnot. Like, it's easier to mail the key than to mail the whole thing. Sure. And, like, you can leave, you know, a bag of something okay. in. <laughs> <laughs> Just own it, Damon. <laughs> A bag of something. I'm just, I'm just certain there was a legitimate business also, purpose cocaine or money for it, for cocaine. but I also, also think cocaine. There was some amount of, um, you know, like train stations on an airport. If you were traveling by train, I think oftentimes you would like get off, you know, have yeah. 
a day or two. Or oh, even sure. two days before your train left. And you want to leave your, like, Especially if you have, like, 12 stuff. hours. If you're, like, but you have a sleeper train, right? You might want to leave your stuff there, go get a meal, do whatever, and then come back to it. I could see that. Yeah. No, that's true. Until I moved out here, like... Also, you keep drugs there. And so. you keep drugs there. But until I moved out uh, to the Midwest, like, train travel... I mean, there's train travel from, like, around where I'm from to, like, New York and stuff, but mostly people took the bus, and there just wasn't, like, or you drove. And so I didn't really have any kind of experience with train travel until I came out here. So any type of movie that was like, it's a locker in a train station, I was like, is that for the workers to put their clothes in when they're done with the day? That's all I could think of. Anyway, I'm glad to know. Those for cocaine. That said, I've never been in a train station and seen a locker. Homeless people. So. In all seriousness, it's probably pretty cheap. I bet they do a storing some of their stuff in there. That's fair. Yeah. You don't have a place and you don't want to carry it around constantly. That's fair. People do say if you think that you're in danger of becoming homeless, you should use your like last chunk of money to get a membership at a gym mm-hmm. so that you can like shower, shower and, shower. and store stuff. Yeah, I can see that or a storage unit or, some, or both. Yeah. You know, use your last couple of dollars to just pay for a year or something yeah get something to keep yourself going yeah which the sucks. shower's a good idea though yes if you're if you're getting if you're gonna be homeless i'm sorry go reach out for resources the library has help anyway sorry to bring that down <laughs> that's okay um so the they plot of the movie that's the that's kind of the plot of the movie then yeah. like who wins comedy happens rowan atkinson so actually what happens through a series of convoluted things the money they like all get to the train station at the same time they're all like fighting over the money and actually what happens is the lawyer and the hooker from earlier are there to like record the finish line and they steal the money huh all of the race people are like fighting over it um together Uh it winds up like in a hot air balloon and then it winds up landing on it in a smash mouth concert (laughs) (laughs) That is raising money. <laughs> if I was writing a movie about the odds now, that's what I would have said. And then it lands on a Smash Mouth concert. And it's a charity concert to raise money for like starving children. And thousands of people were there because and thousands we're all of people are Smash there. Mouth. Yeah. And then they get guilt. They all get guilted and or like convinced to give that money to charity. Oh, okay. So it all it winds up going to charity. And then they, like, because Sinclair is there, John Cleese is there, they, like, rope him into matching any donations. Oh. And so, like, he gets his comeuppance because he's like, no, I don't want to do that. Oh, but they're, the they're on stage and they set it in front of all these people and so he's, like, kind of roped into it. Stuck well, and the lawyer's Eugene Levy, right? Mm, Am I remembering that right? I don't know who that is, so very possibly. He's the dad from American Pie. That's, I... Or the guy with the lazy eye from Waiting for Guffman. Oh, uh, yes, he's in I think so. All Christopher Guest movies, yes, as best I can remember. Place. You'll see him. Yeah, let me go through it while you guys keep talking about something. Okay. Hey, Damon, what'd you have for lunch today? I haven't had lunch Why yet. Don't you guys, <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you guys do ratings? That seems like a better use of your time. <laughs> um, than that. No, life. the uh, lawyer is Dave Thomas. Oh. oh. He's like. He's a, one of the Canadian He's like an dudes. American Eugene Levy. He's, he's, he's Canadian. Canadian also. He's super Canadian. Yeah. Because <laughs> he did Strange Brew with Rick Moranis. Well, he was also on... Um, uh, SCTV. SCTV with Eugene Levy. In so, Canada. In Canada, but whatever. Um, <laughs> he's like an American Canadian. Yeah. Uh, so 
I'm going to say the last time I saw this movie was in 2007 when I watched it with a college friend of mine. And I watched it one time. And then we said, it's a race. It's a race. I'm weaning. I'm weaning. Like all the time. Uh, so I'll give myself a three. <laughs> and that's what I'll say. All right. Uh, I haven't seen this movie in more than 10 years, uh, but I'll still stick myself at like, um, like a six maybe because like <laughs> I watched it as much as I possibly could when it was on like Comedy Central because like it also came out in that time just before I was like able to make my own like movie watching decisions. Uh-huh. Um, and it was like this like golden, uh, like this golden goose to like, not that's not what I'm thinking of. Yeah, like the thing that, that you and Toby and Kim all liked. No, no, because I watched it a hundred percent by myself. But um, <clears throat> it was Maybe like not a hundred percent by yourself. Huh? Kind of a binary switch, just for what it's worth. Yeah, you can either be a hundred percent by yourself or zero percent. I guess you've never met the nightman that lives in our apartment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're fifty percent by yourself at any time, <laughs> and the rest of the time you're being watched. <laughs> um, but it was like uh, it was one of those things that like I sought it out as like one of those things that like I was conscious of it as like if I had been able to make that film going choice on my own, like I would have sought it out on its own. Mm -hmm. But then it became a like home video thing that like I had to go locate for the completest in me, I guess. Um, and uh, for that purpose, I would probably, I'm sticking with that like six number. Um, not because it's like particularly good. Like as we, covered in the like summation like it is very much of its time which is why i haven't watched it in 10 years <laughs> um but like it just struck me funny and i think there's something about like that makeup of the story of like pseudo anthology like a bunch of different stories like woven together which just kind of struck me as like interesting and something that i hadn't seen a lot of by that time i will say i blame that for the like valentine's day and grandma's day movies like the series of films. there's probably holidays. like some kind of there's some sort of lineage i'm sure you could trace back to that right yeah uh so what was your number six six i'll probably give myself the same yeah i watched it a couple of times when i was younger and then i watched it recently to do this but uh, it's not a, it's a it's fine it's not a thing i watched a ton when i when i was younger but it's not a thing i would never watch again either it's yeah. um it's the potato chips of movies. Yeah. It doesn't really ask you to think, and it's kind of a guilty pleasure. But and if like, you watch it too much, you feel kind of gross. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's fine. The cast is pretty good, and, like, they're not really asked to do much, obviously. There is no, like, heart-rending moments or anything. No. So it's it's really not... I don't know. It's a story told by the script. It's not a story told by the characters or the actors, if that makes sense. Yeah. Which is fine. It's just that's how it's written, right? Yeah, like the they, plot is more the funny than the... the... The hilarity that ensues and not the, like, choice that the characters make. Sure. Yeah, I think the only, like, actual... I mean, I think Rowan Atkinson's the only one making choices in it, probably because he's probably the best capital A actor in it, I would eh. imagine. That's... Like, uh, I mean, Whoopi Whoopi, Goldberg is yeah. Whoopi's in there. Is she? Yeah. <laughs> this movie is not necessarily what I would I would put forward as her greatest uh, achievement. No. However, but I have I would seen say, the color purple. Yeah, I would say she is a capital sure. A, the best capital A actor in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Or um, I mean John Cleese, you know. 
Yeah, but I mean, like, <laughs> strong argument. John Cleese, you know, in the movie, in the movie itself, like, Whoopi and John Cleese aren't making choices. Yeah, he like, is they asked are, to do the most for sure. Fair. Yeah, or not even asked to do the most. Like, I think that's just like Rowan Hackerson got. Pay, like he got selected because of Mr. Bean, yeah. and it was like, okay, do you, that again, but with you, a funny accent. You want the Mr. Bean thing, okay? I got, yeah, you, I got you. you. Here you go. You don't want the spooky angel over all of it thing that I'll do later <laughs> in Love Actually. <laughs> oh, what oh, if that yeah. was the thing? What if like uh, Rat Race and Love Actually were the thing that started off all those holiday movies? I'm sure it was actually Love Actually that did it, but actually Love Actually. <laughs> but um, what if what if they? I just wish that the world had decided that Rowan Atkinson was the common theme in all of those movies <laughs> and that he was in every one of the holiday movies. I don't know. Just the think Rowan about Atkinson it. verse? Yeah. Like, if you could tie together every movie Rowan Atkinson is in. Like, how you can tie the guy that plays Purd Happily into every movie because he's, like, a newscaster in every movie. <laughs> well, he's actually, he's also, like... An actual newscaster. A, yes. But, like, half the time he goes by, like, just his regular name. Mm-hmm. Like What's his real name? It's not Purd Happily. Know. It might be Purd Happily. I don't know. But not like, Purt. yeah, you yeah, do like. I I think that all the time when I'm like, why why do you change names on certain things? Like yeah. even for certain characters, but like if. Uh, uh, Jay Jackson. Is that his name? Oh, okay. Yep. I I knew a Jay Jackson in high school. Jay Jackson is also like, your local like newscaster guy. I think. In my high school, he was like. <laughs> Uh, if he brought a Ken doll to life, and he was kind of rude. <laughs> this is weird. Apparently, he like made his way into the news business because he was good at, like, at being a TV news I was person. Pretty good on death and the destruction beat. Like, if somebody murdered or died in a fire, for some reason, the loved one of the victims always wanted to talk to me. Whoa, Jay, you're not giving me a lot of confidence. You didn't set that fire. <laughs> <laughs> they always wanted to talk to me because they secretly suspected I did it. <laughs> But they could never catch me. Because they saw me running out of the building just seconds later. You look so familiar. Can I talk to you? Also good for him, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, uh, <laughs> Rat Race is popcorn. Like, yeah. it's... I mean, in the... Anything that I, I think has Smash Mouth in it, which, like... <laughs> I almost feel like... Were Smash Mouth oh in more movies as Smash Mouth than they released Smash Mouth records? Honestly, like, I think so. Because I can only think of, like, two Smash Mouth songs. Yeah. And this, I mean, this is the classic movie that then ends with them singing All Star on stage yeah. while everyone, like, dances. Shrek, this yep. movie, third thing, end of list. <laughs> yeah. They were, like, honestly, I think there was, like, 18 months there where they, they were, like, the hardest working people in the world. Like, uh, Well, they had to because they knew their time was really yeah. short. <laughs> the, sl- the sand was slipping through that hourglass yeah. very sold- quickly. They sold their soul to the devil, and he's like, you'll be real famous for a very oh. short amount of time. <laughs> for, for 21 months, get to it. And then you'll be infamous for the rest of your lives. <laughs> and then those haircuts will age out. Oh, except for Guy Fieri. Yeah. Who I think is friends with Smash Bros. <laughs> Or maybe it was it. I'm not convinced he's not in yeah. Smash Mouth, honestly. <laughs> if two, if two kind of largish men with frosted tips came up to me and said they were both the lead singer of Smash Mouth, I'd have to shoot them both. <laughs> uh, so, okay, Dan, you need to do your rating because yes. I am so excited oh, said, to hear. Oh, I said six. You said six or seven. I think I said six. I have to know what are we going to talk about. Yeah, so this is more of a collection of little bits of this movie as opposed to like one overarching premise. Oh, okay. So we're going to like hit a couple of different things. I think that's thematically appropriate. Yeah. Yeah, we're go we're cutting from storyline to storyline. <laughs> the first one is that 
this two million dollars. Mm-hmm. Right. So the prize is two million dollars in small bills. Yeah. Uh, if lot. they get to, I mean, for one person, non sequential unmarked bills. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Literally, it does say like a bunch of small bills in a duffel bag. Okay. Um, which I think the people who sold drugs in the locker over opened the wrong one, got out of the two million. And were oh, like, shoot. they're short. Damn it. Where's the rest of this cocaine money? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, which is two point eight in today's money. Okay. Which I mean. Three million is not. It's only twenty deal. years ago. I was so. say, what yeah, that we would not, get more out of that, but that's no, fine. It's really not, been not that long. Yeah. Um, because this was in two thousand two thousand one. Was one? I want to say so. Yeah, it's not what even. It's part only of been two thousand one did this come out in? in the summer. Yeah. Oh, okay. Pre nine eleven. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, what was the was Zoolander the first comedy to come out post nine eleven? Oh. I think that was like a major thing mm. that they wanted it, it to come out like around then and then 9-11 happened and everybody was like maybe let's hold Ooh, off on comedy for yeah. a minute let's not, yeah not a lot of jokes yeah not a ton of people are super feeling into that let's see zoolander would have been released in september 28th of 2001 there it is. So, yeah. yep that seems right and like lilo and stitch was going to get released right around that same time and there was a whole set piece in there about like alien ships destroying buildings in a no it city. was an airliner um crashing into something it was like an it was and they lilo and stitch were in an airliner fleeing from the bad guys in a spaceship mm-hmm. and like they had to redo it so um, that it didn't happen so that it wasn't there. an airliner it was just a spaceship that was shaped like an airliner. 2001, man. This came out in July, though, so this would have been... Unaffected. Yeah, yeah unaffected. Oh, that's interesting. Isn't it? Like, to all those people had no idea? Yeah, and you watch that movie and see the, like... There's, like, a clear uh, cultural demarcation, I mean, obviously, between, like, stuff that happened pre-9-11 and post-9-11, and, like, to see that as, like, the very... One of the very last things... Yeah, like, I don't know... Not to, I keep trying to break this the darkest podcast <laughs> ever. <laughs> oh. I mean, it, it's just... It happens, I think, when any any time that it comes up, you know. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I don't want to always <laughs> talk about 9-11 or Nazis. But. I mean, well, there's also a Nazi set piece in this movie. Is there? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they steal they Hitler's go to, car. They, they go, steal Hitler's car? Yeah. yeah. From, like, a, just, like, a roadside attraction oh, thing. Yeah. Not, like, Hitler's. Yeah. They, like, go to, like, a Barbie shop, and it turns out to be, like, Klaus Barbie is some, like, oh, Nazi general. I and they're like, So they're, like, and they're clearly supposed to be Jewish, so they're, like, in this it's museum. It's John Lovitz's family? Yeah. yeah. So they're okay. in this museum, and they're, like, oh, we have, look at the time. Like, we don't want to leave. We love it here, but we got to go. We got to go. Bye-bye. Ugh. And then one of the other race contestants sees their car and, like, pulls something out of, you know, their their engine and so they have to steal the, the steal Hitler's car. Hitler's car. And oh I do remember them driving up the highway in Hitler's car and it's got like little flags on it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey Dimon, I don't wanna take us too far out of the podcast, but you have an eyelash on your eyeball that I can see. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of making it hard to focus. It's on the inner side both of your you eyeball. And her. Close to your uh your well, look up. Oh, I think you got it. My body eat it. You made your body eat it. I made my Isn't body that on eat your it. finger? That's not on my finger. No, your body eats okay. that. <laughs> It'll turn it into more hair. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Gross. I'm leaving that in. So <laughs> but back to what Liz was saying real quick before, just to keep us a little derailed for a little bit. Uh, I do think that would be very interesting, like with comedy specifically, just to see how we restructured ourselves like around that time. Yeah, and the uh, like something way like the Zoolander, went. right? It's interesting because there's also like a weird timeline where you're, you you can't pull the brakes. Right. right? Like yeah. Zoolander came Written out in the twenty eighth, 
it was done. Yeah. Like sitting ready to be shipped m- to movie theaters. Like you can do you minor, minor alterations. editing. But even then, like those were like that was probably on a reel. Like that's what I'm saying. Like you it was couldn't... done. It was shipped to places. Like even if they did some minor editing, there exists somewhere probably a copy that is unedited. A pre cut. That yeah. is just out there. Not that I think that like so there's like things that okay three months later they look different because someone went back and changed them and two months before it wasn't different because they would have no idea something was happening but yeah. like, there's yeah. that like weird thing where this like liminal space at what space. point were they like about to release it and they were like no, no but couldn't stop it well I think there were a bunch of this is interesting and it makes me want to go on a deep uh, Wikipedia rabbit hole because I think there were a bunch of comedies that either got yanked from theaters real fast or tanked super hard because they came out right after 9-11 and they were like themed around things that we thought were funny before that sort of thing seemed real. Right. I mean, like, yeah. you couldn't have released Airplane, which right. obviously was way earlier, but, like, but, a, yeah. a month later, right, You would have that movie would have just gone into the wood chipper. Right. End, yeah. of, and, end of story. Yeah, screw it. So I think there were a couple of things on the... Maybe this was another time where, like, the Confederacy of Dunces movie got shelved again. Do you know Who that? would have been... That almost always happens because of someone's death. Like, right. I know that... Um, John Candy... Well, Belushi and Candy both, Belushi, Farley, and Candy all were slated for it like shortly before their deaths. Um, Yeah. And I think, who's the most recent one? The most recent one has either been. (laughs) If you say it out loud and you are yourself a large male comedian, (laughs) well, I think. (laughs) I think that Will Ferrell was like the most recent one. That was like Will Ferrell, really? Yeah, that was slated for it, but it's been held up for all kinds of other reasons. And now I think the guy's estate is like, no thanks, making a thing of it. I don't, I don't know. Who knows? Sure. I found that book infuriating, and I can't really like <laughs> spend too much time thinking about <laughs> it all at once. To consider the questions on the side of my face. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, but yeah, I think that like nine eleven did change a lot of movies, and it's interesting to think that this is like the last. Ish one, one of the last I, ones out of the gate that was just like pure pre nine eleven list. Like Madcap crossing the country, fun. Yeah. yeah. Do they get in planes in this movie at all? No, but Amy yes. Short. Uh, oh, a helicopter. And yeah. a helicopter. The planes actually get grounded for some unrelated. Because no, because the brothers can't get a ticket, and so they drive their truck into like the radio tower. Oh. And that's ground right. All planes. Another thing that maybe wouldn't have worked. That maybe wouldn't have flown, yeah. That would have, yeah. Yeah. But then Amy Short, like, takes her helicopter and terrorizes an ex-boyfriend. Amy Short, Amy Smart? Amy Smart. Amy Smart. Amy Smart. Yeah, she's, like, driving him, flying him there, and she flies over her boyfriend's house, who has, like, another lady over, and then uses the helicopter to, to terrorize, terrorize them. Yeah. Breaking some thousand federal aviation laws, I'm sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, like in movies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so okay. anyway, back to this $2 million. Yes. They don't put a time limit on this race that I'm aware of. Oh. They just say, like, first one there gets it. Sure. And they do a lot of damage, right? So, well, that's why I was. Cuba Gooding Jr. tries to drive a thousand or 700 miles in a cab, which I calculate would be over $1,000. Oh, my God. (laughs) They steal Hitler's car, which last, like, Nazi relic I can find that was sold (laughs) was for about $150,000. Don't feel good about that. Who bought that? Yeah, great question. (laughs) They total a rental. If it car. wasn't the nation of Israel to put it directly into like a wood chipper, <laughs> I don't it, care. Just like, shoot it into the sun. <laughs> yeah. Like this gone. Um, I'll pay a lot of money to make this gone. They total a rental car and also imply that there's a mass murderer out in the middle of, uh, but that's a whole other thing. What? <laughs> they There's this lady who's trying to get people to buy squirrels 
Um, oh yeah, she's taxidermied a bunch and of when squirrels. They, no, they're live. Live squirrels. And when they don't buy them, she gives them bad instructions that drive them off a cliff. But there is like 30 cars in this like car graveyard off this yeah. cliff. And like as she a ga- as a sight gag, like there's a skeleton that like flops on their car with it. But it's implied she's killed like 30 people. Oh my god. But anyway, yeah. that's a because whole other no thing. Because no one was it was it Whoopi that they Yeah, yeah that's Whoopi and her daughter. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. And then they use a bullet car which yeah. set the land speed record yeah. which is 2.4 million dollars. I looked up the actual car they use. This is too much money. But it doesn't get wrecked. They just yeah, it, take it. Just yeah. used Still but Still Grand Theft Auto, you know. But yeah. like for grand two, <laughs> the grandest of theft auto, if you will. Also probably has like a uh, uh, like literal jet fuel inside of it. Right. Yeah, so which is which not probably cheap. not cheap. I was going to say I can't imagine that goes for like $3 a gallon. <laughs> But again, so there's no time limit on this. So it would be hard to trust, but your best bet here, wouldn't it be just keep everyone in that room, call a lawyer, have them come up, write a contract that you all will split it contractually, and then just have one of you walk over and get it? Well, who wants one-sixth of $2 million, though? $333,000? I sure would. All day. If I didn't have that money to start, (laughs) having that now would be great. (laughs) And, I'll take any amount and, of money over no it. money. You have a one-sixth chance. Actually, we can do the probability here. Hold on a second. Well, so if you a... have a one-sixth chance of $2 million, that means your expected winnings are exactly, I mean, they're 333000 So if you can guarantee that, you're, you should net, like, not have a preference. Do you get what I'm saying? You're trying to tell me that Rowan Atkinson isn't going to try and go get that money for himself. Actually, he was a lawyer in this movie. Rowan Atkinson? Yeah. He's like an Italian... Oh, uh, no, not, sorry, not him. Um, uh, the nice guy. The, the nice guy? I don't know. The one from Road name. Trip. Yes. I don't oh, know Breckenmeyer. Breckenmeyer. Yes, thank you. Um, See, that just sounds like one name. Yeah. Breckenmeyer? Like, yeah. Breckenmeyer. He's a Breckenmeyer. <laughs> yeah. He's one of the Breckenmeyer clan. But anyway, he is a lawyer in this movie. He should have just written up a contract. They all sign it. One of them goes and gets the money. Like, $2 million is not enough to disappear into the wind and, like, never show up again. Yeah. You bring the money back. You allocate it out according to the contract. You all have a guaranteed three hundred thousand. Or that, or you, you walk like, away. You all buy train tickets together, and you all go get it together, yeah. and you split it up right there. Right. I mean, if you can't trust anybody, that's you what I'm don't saying. Or yeah, you write yeah. the contract. You write the contract first, and you all get on the same plane Hire or train Postmates. or whatever. You go, and that's that. Or you, you know, you rent a bus and you all go together. And... Oh, and you all sing songs. Yeah, but you can't trust the Lovitz. Oh, so. <laughs> you can't though. No. Do you ever see, I've probably talked about this before, but maybe my favorite comedy movie is this really shitty comedy movie called Mom and Dad Save the Planet. <laughs> it's about Terry Garr and Jeffrey Jones as these, like, mom and dad who are, like, real dumpy and, like, boring and their kids think they're dumb. And then they go off on a vacation, just the two of them, to, like, reignite their romance. And they get abducted to this planet that's run by John Lovitz because John Lovitz <laughs> sees Terry Garr and wants to marry her. And then... <laughs> They, like the whole world is full of like these little dog-faced men and like fish-faced women and then out in the desert there's this like like really hot people who are so dumb and everybody on the planet is so dumb that they fool everybody with this trick where they put a grenade that like explodes you if you pick it up on the ground and they put a sign that says pick it up and they like come and pick it up and they're like what's up with this and they disappear and then it falls to the ground again and the person behind it who watched it was like well that's weird what would that be about and he pick it up too and that like a line of people disappear <laughs> that way anyway it's my favorite John Lovitz movie 
Anywho, Anywho. this would be a more equitable way of doing this. So that was one thing I wanted to talk about. Cool. (laughs) So given the opportunity, they should just get a lawyer. That's the thing. Uh, People are, individuals are very smart and able to think those things through. And then groups Groups are dumb. Groups are dumb. Persons are smart. Peoples are dumb. The other thing, this would be very hard to do if you were uh, Cleese. If you're John Cleese? Yeah. If you're his character, who I believe is Sinclair in this movie, so sure. I use them interchangeably. But because you can't tell people the nature of the bet. Because if you told people the nature of the bet, right, what would stop a rich person? Because the way most casino bets work, right, is you get some greater payoff than what you put down, mm-hmm. but you have the risk of losing it all, right? Mm-hmm. So you bet sure. $2 million. They even mentioned, one of them mentions, I put $2 million on the Italian and then he falls asleep in the lobby, and they're like, oh, I've lost my bet. But anyway, so, like, if you put $2 million down, the generally the way betting works is you get $3 million if you win, then you get nothing if you, get, if you lose, right? So you have a yeah. chance of getting back more, or you lose nothing. Mm-hmm. So if you told somebody the nature of this bet, which I don't know if, I guess you could just say it's going to be an esoteric sort of thing, but you have to tell people you might be there for a while. I don't know if you could get away, how much information you'd have to release. Like, to the people who were betting? Yes. Okay. Because if I was that, right, uh-huh. I would fill up this, I'd hire a bunch of people for, you know, eight bucks an hour, I'd pack this casino full, have a private plane sitting there waiting for whatever, uh, anywhere they need to go, right? Even if it's not like, okay, John Cleese doesn't tell us what's going to be Silver City. You don't know if it's going to yeah. be Boston or Silver City or whatever. Whatever, they have private transportation sitting there. Then, assuming one of mine wins, which is pretty high odds if I get enough people in there, then you can kind of scale the bet to whatever... Okay, so let's say it cost me $500,000 and the plane cost me a million, mm-hmm. but I'm wealthy as all, as, as Croesus, then you just bet whatever level you need to to cover that loss and then make you some money, right? Because nobody <clears> else will be prepared for that. So either he can never do this again, because <laughs> someone will do that. Yeah. Or he had to be very secretive in what this bet was. And you just bet on the people and... Well, or he just had to say, like, a unique bet. Show up with money. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I guess, well, maybe how he did it. But it like, looks such like, an interesting... given the nature of everything else they're doing, it kind of struck me as, like, this is a very impromptu thing. The kind like, of thing that these rich people do because they're super bored. Well, yeah, it's like. But again, it can't be so impromptu because they have two million dollars in a duffel bag, five hundred miles away. You give me a half an hour and a cell phone with no tracking on it, and I will get that. Phone well, yeah, like, now. but like, it was my impression then that like, you know, that could have been set up that morning, even like, so long That's as you true. have somebody on the way to do it before like, to put it there before you set these people on their like right way but they do do that um the gold coin thing that seems like that would take some time do they get it from a slot machine yeah they all i believe get them from slot machines which like you the you would have to like know like the time frame of like when that would happen and stuff maybe i guess but but they didn't pick out who the people were hard. right well that's the yeah. whole point it's supposed to be like six random, random strangers dudes. and yeah. they actually go through the thing of like you know, one person's playing out of desperation, one's playing out of boredom. You know, the mm-hmm. uh, Breckenmeyer is like, Breckenmeyer. he's, he's, he's leaving, on his way he's out. He's leaving a bachelor like party, this. and like one of the guys was like, you're no fun. And so he's like, well, I'm going to play one just on my way out, and mm-hmm. he wins. But it does imply they're all one within like an hour of each other. So you'd have to arrange that. Yeah, yeah the time of day. Which, like, slot machines are made up anyway. So, like, 
I mean, you don't overthink do that. that but yeah. like, Fictional slot machines. Um, but I was thinking just now, like, uh, John Cleese kind of, like, you may, they make it seem like he, like, loses out in the end. But, like, assuming that, like, these bets are structured like so that's casino bets. Like that, like match that he's made to do is just made with all of these people's money who theoretically didn't win the bet. That's yeah. kind of like, what I was eventually getting to. Of like, he at one point. So I guess the argument is, if they tried to call the bets washes, like give me mm-hmm. my my money back, right? Because like the, nobody, nobody won, won it. But in theory, in most casinos, right? If it's like in roulette, there is red, black, and there's two green squares, and those are losses. Yeah. Right. Like, even if that you you bet red or black, and like, if the bet doesn't come out, you lose. So in theory, he should win. He should the be house happy wins. in this outcome. Yeah. 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 House I should mean, win all of these bets. Nobody bet that no one would win. Yeah. Right. Which and is theoretically like possible. a bet. Like all six of those people could have died on their way to Silver right. City. I mean, like but in all seriousness, which ooh, ooh, this sounds ugly. But the long there's probably super long odds on no one winning. Uh-huh. Yeah. So at what point does one of these millionaires put like a billion dollars on nobody wins and then just call their hitmen to like maybe not kill them all, but just at like, least like stop them. keep Actually, them from. Well, let's make this less dark. <laughs> Give them two million dollars each to never go get that two million dollars. And you make a longer odd bet and you make, to make that money back. Right. You, you bet a billion at 10 to 1 odds that maybe not a billion. There might be a cap on the bet. But you bet uh, a million on 10 to 1 odds. And then you go get your slug well, worth to go get the money. That, that doesn't work out. But let's say you bet 10 million on 10 to 1 odds that no one wins it. You give them each two to never go get it or even three. You win 100. You're paid out 18 if you well, beat a six people. Even then, like... And you made 72 or 82. It wouldn't have to be 2 million even because, like, you're thinking about, like, sure money over, like, this bet. Like Right, but even if you, if you say, just wanted, like, to make sure nobody... Nobody, Nobody like no one back took on your five hundred and then also went and got the two million. Yeah. yeah, but you don't give me five hundred bucks. I'm gonna actually. Go what get you, that and two what million. you do is you just have them give you all their keys because they give them keys to the locker. So once you have their keys, they can't go. Collect. They can't go. Right. Yeah. And boom. Yeah, two million dollars for that key right now. Yeah. And like, yeah. Okay, done. Yeah, all of them would be okay, done. Yeah. And then you just turn around to Gleason and go. By the way, nobody wins. So <laughs> pay my ten to one, ten million dollar bet. But that's bet tampering, and that's. Uh, it doesn't imply about? there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. I mean, unless there's like some signed. unless there's like some room of lawyers like next to this, like going over like the conditions for yeah, everything. You get the impression yeah. that these bets are really off the cuff. So yeah. The whole coconut chocolate with the thing. coconut chocolate thing, but like, yeah, there could be something that's they all signed before they walked in. That's like you can't interfere with any of the participants or something. But yeah, I mean, there. This just seems like. When you do these things this impromptu, it seems like there's a lot of ways that this could go very terribly wrong. Yeah. For yeah. Cleese. I well, love that you thought about the like pay them off instead of murder them one. <laughs> Murdering is also an option, but I'm I'm gonna go with pay off instead. Murdering might be cheaper. Well, and like I'm just thinking. So if you're that rich, why take the legal liability of getting connected to a murder? A series of twelve murders. Yeah, just just <laughs> pay them off and live your life of luxury. I think this every time when people go to jail for like ten years for tax evasion. Yeah, I'm like, like your life you just could your have taxes? been so good <laughs> as a billionaire, but instead you saved like sixty grand, and now you're in jail for ten years. You dumbass. Yeah, because like imagine like, what a life of an unlimited money life is like, and you could have had that for ten years that you're instead spending in the clink. Dumb, dumb. Well, because uh, they made all their money totally by themselves with no yeah, help no from help, anything at all. No 
five fifty million dollar loan yep. from dad. No, and, and uh, definitely and no, no use systemic of conditions that like set yeah, you no up. Systematic for... uh, <laughs> system to oppress peoples of lower incomes and minorities. Yeah, and it's not like they used roads or planes or you know clean drinking water or clean and drinking like water or a certainty that the food that they're purchasing isn't like filled with arsenic and shit. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> rivers that are not on fire. They yeah. did it all themselves. Okay, last thing here. <laughs> Um, individualism just, is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wanted no. to get to. Last thing here. At the We're end basically of this movie, bees. We like we share. Basically our own. bees. That's the tagline of this podcast. Yeah. Make believe money. Basically, basically bees. bees. <laughs> At the end of this movie, Cleese loses. They sh- the most they show is nineteen million dollars that he has to match, and he's like tearing his hair out. Oh, relax. I just want to talk about. Uh, the 23 Vegas casinos, according to some, some research from a university, uh, bring in a little bit over 72 million. Uh, hold on, what is it? Oh, and yeah, and it was over five. Okay, so they average $630,000 a day uh, of in bringing in people's money, the profit? Vegas casinos. Yeah. Oh. Each? Each. Each. Oh. These 23 casinos. Balls. <laughs> He doesn't care about nineteen no, million dollars. No, he doesn't care. Steve Wynn, who is the founder of Wynn Casinos, which mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you're familiar with, but they have yeah. a yeah. Wynn out in Vegas. They have some in China. They have some different places. His net worth, he's like a founder who then they went public, but his net worth is three point four billion with a B dollars. Oh, no <laughs> this one should Cleese be a This character should not care. No, yeah. about nineteen million dollars. Shouldn't matter at all. They should be like, we're matching nineteen million dollars, and he should go. That's oh. a tax write-off, too. Yeah, yeah, check or, like, cash. <laughs> you want my credit card. <laughs> and honestly, yeah, most, I will say, most billionaires, maybe not 19 million, but most billionaires would also just go, okay, I won't give it to, like, normally I write a check at the end of the year to the, like, museum that I give $20 million to. I just won't this year. The and museum of my ki- own face. These poor kids will get it. Like, just redirect where some of your charitable givings anyway, because... This drives me a, a little bit nuts. There's actually a Bible story about this where we like sometimes honor a lot of billionaires for like, he gave $50 million to like build this hospital wing. And oh, I'm like, yeah. let's look at percent of worth because if I gave a thousand, I have given far more of my worth, which I'm not trying to no, like, but... <laughs> say like I do or that I'm like but it is giving like... myself. But there's that, there's a Bible story where it's like the, the peasant woman gives like a penny and she's more loved by God than the guy who gives like 10 gold coins. But because he has... 50 and it's her last penny yeah it's like yeah we should maybe look at how much that meant to the person who gave it right yeah well i mean you think about jeff bezos giving everybody a raise to was it 14 dollars an hour yeah and they're like oh what what did that take out of your billions and billions of dollars yep nothing his divorce is going to cost him far more than that so fair good take it it should she actually uh was like the second or third employee at amazon oh really and like quit her job i think she actually supported him when he quit his job to start it and then like added a bunch of support later so she is she's basically amazon if she had not been his wife she would have had stock options that would still have made her a very wealthy woman and that would he would have had to pay out of his equity portion so i think it's I don't know exactly what it would have broke down to be otherwise, but it, she should walk away very wealthy from this, and I think that's only fair, Making in my opinion. A little bit, yeah. And it won't. Yeah. It won't, not at all. He has more a, money than won't. he could ever sp- a, spend a, in his life. Say, and and now he's he, a weird robot. And now even he if has you sp- more money than he can ever spend in his life. Even if you split his entire net worth in half, you still have two of, what, like the top 50 most wealthy people on the planet? I think the top, like, 
eight or ten or something. Yeah, so you went from being the one wealthiest person on the planet to two of the top ten. But it like, seems like Jeff she Bezos She might be the is, wealthiest woman. Women, oh yeah. Most of the women's list, I think the women might come in at like seven or eight on the list. Mm-hmm. And so I think she'll be close to the top of that list. Not that it should matter, but... Uh, I mean, it, it, it do because yeah. of sexism. And then in a couple of years when she uh, creates Bamazon, like... <laughs> like Bamazon. Bamazon. <laughs> Bamazon. Yeah. Um, uh, what was I going to say? I know we're running long, but this long. is also, this is a Tiger Woods scenario where supposedly he uh, had an affair with another woman, mm-hmm. although I think they were separated at the time, but every now and then I do this where I'm like, your wife was way more attractive than the woman you supposedly had the affair with. Like, what? what? I mean, it's not that you should have an affair even with a more attractive person, but still, like, right. what the shit? It's about... I don't get it's it. It's more about the, it's like, about doing whatever you're the, able... Whatever you yeah. want. Like, nothing is denied no to you, No consequences. Yeah. And then, like, when you're so... I mean, not that I know, personally, <laughs> but when you're so very wealthy and, like, anything can happen if you want it to, I'm sure that, like, you try to test boundaries to just, like, remind Feel yourself alive. that you're a human. <laughs> yeah, that, like, things have consequences, and I don't know. And maybe also he's just an asshole. <laughs> an absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think he just might be the worst. And I'm okay saying that as a person who hosts our podcast through Amazon Web Services. <laughs> Take my money, Mr. Bezos. But we will happily go through Famazon uh, when that yeah, when becomes Famazon a going a concern. Thing, let us know when we break that up. Uh, well, so I always wind up pieces here and there. But. Yeah, I always wind up when we talk about Jeff Bezos feeling worse about the world. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if anybody offers you. $2 million for a crazy scheme. See if someone else will pay you $2 million to not do it. Yeah. If, if, if a bet feels like... Take offers, put, yeah. <laughs> if a bet feels like it's been put together in the last, like... Because they all walk out of the room agreeing they're not going to do this crazy thing. And then, of course, like, they slowly break do. into a run. Uh-huh. Like, one of them should have just stood in front of the door and been like, okay, everybody sit down. There's no, like, advantage at this point, right? Like, mm-hmm. if I run out of the room okay, I'm five feet ahead of you. Yeah. yeah. So let's all sit here for 15 minutes and just all think through, is there any better way of us doing this? How can we all win here? Yeah. And there's probably going to be a way you can break it if it's such an ad hoc thing that was just kind of put together. Absolutely. Yeah. But this does make me think about people on the highway cutting in front of other people to just be like 30 seconds ahead. And like someone in that group is an asshole who won't take it. It's, yeah, probably trying, it's probably John Lovitz. It's probably John Lovitz. It's John Lovitz. <laughs> I've been trying to do more out of the box. The other day, there was a guy who literally passed me on a one-way street. Like, it was a two-one-way, if that makes sense. Yeah, or, and, two lanes. Yeah. yeah, and he passed me at a stop sign. He just went around the stop sign and then what? passed another person, like, further down the street. And this is not a thing you're illegally allowed to do. No. And I was very mad. And then I was like, okay, I don't know. Maybe he has, like, a pregnant wife in the car or somebody bleeding or something. I'm guessing he was just an asshole. But sometimes but like, you want to give I him... Just, he was so aggressive to the point of, like, it makes me think it's an emergency and not, I just want to be there five minutes faster. Yeah. Because, like, you are not only risking lives, but, like, I, if I had caught his license plate, which I didn't, I would mm-hmm. have considered calling, like, 311 yeah, and just, just telling them, like, this driving. person is going to hurt someone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I was like, maybe there's a reason. But the other thing no, I think No, I think like, he's an errant bee who's threatening the health of the entire hive. And all, should be dealt with. <laughs> all bees together. Um, I think probably like that is a very a good thing and probably makes you a better person just to like consider that someone might have motives other than just being an asshole to you in particular. To be clear, that also, switch trips in my brain two to five percent of the time. Well, you're also the, a normal the human person. Ninety-five percent of the time, I'm like, if I ever see that guy again, I'm gonna beat him, him with a pipe. 
I'll be him. Um, uh, and then the other side of that is the further that guy gets away from you, the safer you are. So fine. If yeah. you're going to be that kind of an asshole, get going. Yeah. That's like not that. wrong. Yeah, I mean, there is that you see somebody texting next to you in a car and you're like, I'm going to go away from them. You in front or behind, <laughs> but like, I, you're going to kill somebody, I'd rather it not be me. Yeah, so if you're the only person uh, alone on a highway, it's probably because everybody else thinks you're too dangerous to drive around. Yep. That's the only explanation. That's the only explanation. Or we all got raptured. And or the sorry, or the you queen. are also not good enough of a person <laughs> to get raptured to. Or the queen sent us somewhere else and you didn't get the memo. You didn't get the yeah. memo, and that means your bee brain's broken and you should go get that fixed. I don't want to talk about this this episode, but maybe a future episode. <laughs> Who's the queen of the human race? Well, Oprah Winfrey. I think the queen, right? Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's either Oprah Winfrey. Looking at her thorax, I would agree. Yeah. I don't know what that means, to be clear. I just wanted to say it. That's how you tell, tell queens <laughs> from regular. I would say it's Oprah Winfrey, and then right behind her is Beyonce getting ready to like take over the throne. All right. I think we're done here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Take us out, Liz. Oh, right. I, have, I do that part. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Make Believe. Kind of swimming funny. in that Beyonce joke, huh? <laughs> it was just a very good joke. Um, I've been Liz. I've been Damon. I've been Dan. Uh, as always, thanks for listening and rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice. Thanks to our composer, Charles E. Miller, for her music. Email us with your thoughts, feelings, and how much money you would take before you started to run across the country to Make Believe Money Podcast at gmail.com. No money promise. We don't got any. Uh, we'll see you next time on Make Believe Money. Okay, bye. Bye. You gotta remind me to correct myself on the top of the next one. I didn't do it this time. It's okay.